Hey. Uh, hello. <laughs> I'm about to sit, stop recording. My bad. She, I, I think I just watched Savannah go through like an entire <laughs> panic because like the phone screen went dark right as we hit record. And I was like, "Hey," and she was like, uh, uh, <laughs> and then it like came back to life and it was fine. But anyway, we are off to a rough start. <laughs> we. Very much made a mistake because right before this we were going through the lore of BuzzFeed Unsolved. It was really funny. And now we're like laughing and we're about to go through a really dark case. This is not a laughing case. But, you know. Anyway, let's introduce ourselves. Oh, I... Okay, yeah. I'm Savannah. And I'm Delaney. And, and this is The Crime Chronicles, our yeah. seventh episode. I counted just before this, so I would get it right. Yes. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, you know. Love, love, love. I don't know how much we have to talk about, really. This Not a ton, like I don't in the think. Beginning. No. I the, mean. I haven't really heard of much going on. I'm sorry our schedule's been a little bit cons- inconsistent. It's, <laughs> um, it's been inconsistent for about two months. But, you know. Again, we always have updates on our Instagram, so go follow our Instagram if you haven't already. Yes. Um, yeah. I got this case done in, like, the hour before I came here because I thought I had all the information and I was like, (sighs) and I found so much more on this case. We got a lot going. Yeah. But we're here. We're recording. Mm Mm-hmm. We, yeah, this is, this is it. My water is very much across the room, so I'm gonna grab that before I start talking and my voice gives out. <laughs> ah! <laughs> the distant scream. <laughs> um, also, any trigger warnings? I don't know this case, so I'm gonna let Delaney do this. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I think this is a fairly popular case in terms of media coverage, and especially because there was a Netflix documentary on it. Mm-hmm. But this is the case of Shanann Watts and her children, and just as like a brief kind of like. Shanann or Shannon? Shanann. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I thought it was Shannon, too, but then mm. I was watching the documentary and they pronounced it Shanann. Shanann. Okay, interesting. It's also spelled S-H-A-N-A-N-N, which makes sense. Shanann. Oh, okay. Interesting. I've never yeah. heard of that before. I didn't think... So. I hadn't heard it either. I thought it was kind of cool. Anyway. Sorry, anyway. I got Moving on. But just as a brief warning, this case does involve, like, a lot of really dark stuff when it comes to younger children. And, um, just, like... In general, it has to do with, like, a family, so if that's something that's gonna bother you in any way, and there's, like, some domestic stuff that goes on, so if that's gonna be an issue, don't- feel free not to listen to this episode, and- mm-hmm. Just as a warning. Just <laughs> putting it out there. I'd yep. say it's, like, in terms of, like, content, it's a lot less dark than, like, other cases we may have covered, but just because it has to do with younger children, it's still, yeah. like, very much mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. So- Anyway, we're ready. <laughs> Let's get started. All right. So, Shanann and Chris Watts were young newlyweds who moved to Frederick, Colorado. Okay. And so, uh, I, I like, forgot what I was going to say here. <laughs> I just had, like, an entire memory lapse. It's okay. fine. Anyway, but, we're off to a really good start right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Shanann went through some dark times where she experienced, like, a really rocky divorce before she ended up with Chris. Oh, okay. And she also developed the autoimmune disease lupus so dang yeah Yeah, so she rough time yeah that's rough okay but then at that time she met chris who she later stated to be the perfect man okay so they were really happy together and um 
they decided right after they got married to move to Colorado and they fell in love with the area and decided that this was their, where they were going to create a life for themselves in this place that they re- really held dear to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after they moved, they hit some financial stress, but they got back on their feet and were fine like ever since. Okay. And this was mostly due to Shanann's success and not Chris's. Oh, interesting. Okay. So she was a businesswoman and she was very self-sufficient and she'd go on business trips a lot and she was really getting the work done. Okay, yeah. She had a lot going on. Yes. So most of their success had to do with Shanann and not with Chris. She was like the main breadwinner. Yeah. Which is a little interesting dynamic tidbit there. So they lived in a suburban home with their two daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste. Celeste is also referred to as Cece a lot by friends and family members. Were both of the children there, like both of their children biological, like biological? yeah just because i know she like the divorce thing it might have been her yeah previous. Okay. no they were both chris and shenan's biological children okay cool um and celeste the three-year-old was described by her mom to be very active and in her mom's words she never stopped moving okay so she was like really happy-go-lucky both of their children were yeah and you could kind of see it i'll talk about her facebook page later on but they were really happy and they full of energy yeah like most kids should be who mm-hmm. live in like you know somewhere nice, like yeah outdoors and you know normal home with happy family lives at the time of the disappearance Shanann was 34 and Chris was 33 oh okay so they were older parents when it comes to like thinking about in terms of when she had these kids but they weren't like old parents old at all. parents yeah. by any means uh, so, Shanann ran a fairly public Facebook account where she would update people on the family, the kids, the events, and just, like, general daily life. Okay. And from the outside, they looked like this perfect family. The kids were happy, Chris and Shanann seemed to have an amazing relationship, and they had a lot of their happy family memories shared, um, on Facebook, which were, like, videos and photos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. As Overall, most families yeah, do. as many families do. <laughs> yeah. So, they seemed to be, like, the typical suburban family from the outside. And then in 2018, Shanann announced that they were pregnant with their third child. Oh, okay. She announced it in this video where Chris walked into the room, oh. and she had a shirt on, or it's either her or, like, one of their girls that mm-hmm. said something about, like, being a mom or, like, being, being an, an older, older sister. sister. Yeah. And so, he was like, again? <laughs> I, and he seemed, like, a little taken aback, but he didn't seem necessarily displeased, like, about Just, her like, being more pregnant. surprised. Just more, like... Oh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, because this was that also one. recorded on, like, a video and then published to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so he was kind of like, oh. <laughs> Dear okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they were kind of living their life, but then the seemingly perfect life came to a halt on August 13th, 2018. Mm, I know what happened, so I don't want you to keep talking about <laughs> I'm it. I'm <laughs> sorry. So this is kind of like, in the documentary, they put it by days because they would kind of like go out of order i really recommend What's the documentary that? called it's called american family the murder next door um no it's american murder family next door because i saw it on netflix right. the other day <laughs> <laughs> i asked you to set you up for success and then you bombed it I, <laughs> american I murder swear to god sometimes i think i'm dyslexic <laughs> american murder the family, family next, next door. door there we go thank you okay sorry so, yeah, I really recommend you watch this documentary because they put in a lot of, like, the way the documentary set up, it's not, like, investigators talking about it. Mm-hmm. They, like, take you through the events using clips from, like, police body camera footage and from, like, tapings of interviews and oh, tapings wow. of the court. And, like, they put in different 
uh, voiceovers of Shanann from her Facebook. So lots of... So it's a lot of information that you generally don't get like in Like intimate content. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So go watch that after this. Yeah, I yeah. was not allowed to watch it before this because I knew her I name would was not Chase. allow her to. <laughs> but I'm going to watch it after. Yes. Okay, so around 1.48 a.m., Shanann returned from a business trip in Arizona. Okay. She was driven home by a friend where Chris was waiting with the kids because he had been watching them at home. Yeah. This As was the... Should. Yep. This was the last time that friend ever saw her. Oh. Was so, the friend the last person to see her alive? Like, kind by of. The, by... An external person. Yeah, an external person, yes. Okay. So... Not even a day later, Shanann was reported missing along with her kids after she failed to show up to both an OBGYN appointment and a work meeting. And then she did not respond to any of the texts that her friend Nicole, uh, Nicole, I'm gonna say her full name, Nicole Atkinson sent her. So this friend Nicole is largely a part of the reason why she was reported missing so early, which was really good and really helpful. Mm -hmm. So becoming increasingly concerned about her after getting no response at the home, she called for a welfare check. So this friend Nicole had driven out to the house and, like, knocked on the door and been, like, calling for Shanann and the kids and no yeah, one was answering. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. So when the police arrived alongside Nicole around 1 p.m., there was no answer to the door still. So okay. they still weren't home. No one was there. So it had been almost 24 hours since the friend saw Nicole? Cause it had been, like, 12 hours. Oh, 12. I knew There that. you go. I can do time. Yeah. <laughs> So then police called Chris, who was at work, and they, like, asked for permission to go into the home because, like, they didn't have a warrant or anything yeah, at yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah, Chris consented to a search, and upon entry, Shanann and her kids were nowhere to be found. Okay. But the family dog was still in the home unbothered and unharmed. Okay. So. Odd. Everything seemed relatively normal. It's not like a door was ajar and the dog was going crazy or anything. hmm It was, like, the house seemed relatively like, in order, like, it's obviously, it was Shannon a little messy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was, like, a normal suburban home, and they were just nowhere to be found. Okay. Um, Chris told police on the scene, like, this is seen in the body cam footage, quote, she said she was going to a friend's house with the kids, and that's the last thing I heard. Vague that's as fuck. really, like, mm-hmm. giving the bare minimum that you can about your wife and kids being gone, you're just like, well, she said she was going to a friend's house, lol. Anyway. Yeah, it's like, he didn't even give a name of a friend. It was just like, uh, I think she's at a friend's house. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So, and then during this welfare search, uh, police asked Chris to step out for a moment, because they, he, during the search, there were a couple of neighbors, and, um, obviously Nicole was with them, so there were yeah, a yeah. few people milling about the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris stepped out for a moment, and then this is when a neighbor told police he was, quote, acting weird. He doesn't, he normally doesn't talk this much. He is too talkative. So, oh. re- normally, Chris is relatively very quiet. Like, like an introverted he's, type Yes. Person? Okay. In the relationship, a lot of the times, like, you can see on their Facebook, Shanann was very much more the outgoing and dominant yeah, yeah. personality, and mm-hmm. he was more subdued and quiet. Okay. So, the neighbor found it very odd that he was so chatty with the police at but, this yeah. time. And, I mean, at this point, you could also chalk it up to, like adrenaline and like because he doesn't know where his family exactly, is yeah. yes so like a lot of stuff and early can be explained exactly mm-hmm. um immediately they were reported missing and then the house was searched more thoroughly because like at this point the husband doesn't know where they are none of her friends have seen her yeah so they're getting a little worried 
Um, so then Chris was brought in for interviews and a polygraph just simply because he's the husband and mm-hmm. a lot of the times when a family goes missing, you have to talk to the husband. Statistically, the most likely to murder each other are married couples. <laughs> yeah, so there's that reason too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so during these interviews, he told authorities that he left for work early at 5.15am after a, quote, emotional conversation with Shanann. Okay. So he was basically saying, like, I heard that she was going to a friend's house, but I left for work early at 5.15, so I haven't seen her since then. Okay, and after an emotional conversation, yes. apparently? So okay. he and Shanann have been talking about, in his words, a separation. Oh, So okay. not happy marriage. Yeah, not quite as happy as everyone was expecting, yeah. especially if she was pregnant. Okay. So he denied anything to do with an affair, and that, like... He was basically saying, no, 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 like, we were just talking about separation for other reasons, like, I was definitely not having an affair, like, that's not something I would do. Okay, rather aggressive about that. (laughs) Yeah, but later you're gonna find out that's fucking untrue. Oh. He's a liar. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. I did not know about this detail either. So, in the documentary, they give you clips of when Chris is in there for the polygraph, and the woman who's administering this polygraph told him... If you have anything to do with their disappearance, it would be very stupid of you to come in and take this. Oh, interesting. So then, throughout this polygraph, his results were really erratic and his breathing was really heavy, so he's sitting there, and generally when someone's administering a polygraph, they're like, try to keep your breathing even and normal. Yeah. And he was kind of sitting there going... <sighs> like, labored breathing or like... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like he was nervous. Mm-hmm. And, spoiler alert, he fails this polygraph! <laughs> Okay, what's interesting about polygraphs, though, is... They're not admissible in court. Well, they're also not quite, like, super reliable. Because, like, you could definitely pass one and still have done something. Mm -hmm. Because, like, people can lie. Mm -hmm. Like, that is something people can do. You know? Like, and I know that, you know, it monitors, like, breath and heart rate and all those things. But, like, if people have, like, practiced lying, you're not really going to see that much of a change. And people also, like... Just get nervous. Yeah, like, I... I would... (laughs) definitely fail any polygraph ever because i would get so nervous that i would like you would bomb it i would be so scared just regardless even though i would like wouldn't have done anything i would have been i would be so nervous and i think that's why i think like polygraphs are debatable polygraphs are debatable but the thing in this case specifically is you'll see that there's so much overwhelming evidence that the polygraph just kind of adds to that yeah and that's why i'm like in certain cases they can be used for a benefit but in but other cases they can be detrimental yeah because yeah. then they like if someone passes it people a lot of the time just write them off as completely innocent or if they fail it they're like yeah they're definitely guilty yeah exactly like it, it can so they kind of have to be subjective yeah so um also you'll see that the police work in this case is actually really good Ooh, okay yeah. that's a change because Love then that. later i think i talk about it in a second you always cover cases with really good police work and i always don't <laughs> yeah it's very true but um Later on, you'll see that they bring him back in and they're like, hey, I, your results were really all over the place, but we know this not to be reliable, so I, you need to tell us straight up what you know. Okay. So they're not, like, accusing him at that point. But, but they were just like, hey, this, this, is, a is, this, is, a, this is a little interesting. Sketchy. Buddy, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's talk it out, okay? <laughs> okay, so in the summer leading up to Shanann and the kids' disappearance, Shanann and the kids went up to North Carolina to be with Chris's family. Did Chris But Chris stayed him? behind. That's really weird, especially yeah. if it's your family. Also, you'll see that Shanann and Chris's family, they don't necessarily get along. Okay. So, like, the fact that he didn't go with them is odd. Yeah. So, records of the text messages throughout this trip between the couple were really, really tense. Okay. So, they were not having a good time. It's not. Shanann, not yep, 
at one point, Shanann had sent two messages that I kind of want to, like, highlight. Okay. Because it shows some of the tension within this relationship. I love text messages in case. I, like, They're so cool. I I think because it maybe, like, brings people closer to the case, but, like, it yes. shows, it, like, humanizes people more as well. I think that's, like, because I was telling Savannah that when I watched this documentary originally, it didn't, like, it hurt, but it didn't really, like, hit me. And then yeah. I started well, researching. Well, it was sad. Yeah, but... it was sad. But then I started researching this case more in depth, and so I had, like, other sources along with the documentary, and I was watching videos, and I was looking at autopsy reports, and I was, like, shaking by the end of my research because it was so personal. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm gonna show you a video of their daughter. Yeah, because I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, like, in a lot of cases, especially, like, kind of famous ones, like, in social media and, like, publicized, they're... You forget that the victims were people. Yeah, exactly. That they were humans and, like, how real they were. And we kind of forget that, like, you know, that was a real person. It becomes more of a, like, story that you hear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a folktale. I think that's what I also love about this documentary is because you're seeing videos of the girls also throughout the, Mm -hmm. like, documentary. And you're seeing videos of them as a family. And it's, like, it kind of makes you remember, like, oh, that's a family. That's a family, yeah. And especially, like, if you have a similar background or upbringing, it, like, reminds you, oh, that was my family. That's like, similar to my family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So, during this trip, Shanann had sent these two messages. The first one saying, I realize this trip is what's missing in our relationship. It's only one way, emotions and feelings. Hold on. I'm gonna <laughs> say that again. It's only one way, emotions and feelings. I can't come back like this. I need you to meet me halfway. To this, Chris replied, you won't come back like this. I promise. I love you so much, beautiful. That is real odd. So she was basically saying, like, I feel like I'm the only one giving in this in, relationship and yeah. you don't really care anymore. You're just kind of there. Yeah. And he was like, I promise that you won't. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The only scene I thought of was that from Euphoria when Maddie's talking to Nate. You little, when I go to college, move with me, marry me, have my babies. And <laughs> no. Cassie throws up in a hot tub. <laughs> Sorry. Savannah. <laughs> I immediately just. Moving on. Mind went. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay. So the second message said, I kept looking at my phone all night and no response for you. Like, seriously, we've been together eight years and have two and a half kids together. She was- That's in- Yeah, that's- That caught me off guard for a second. I, like, read that because I pulled these mostly from the documentary because they put them in. Um, and the 2.5 kids, like, it just threw me off for a second. I realized what it means now, but I was like, what? No, because I read that too and I was like, hello? (laughs) Okay. I was like, oh, oh. Oh, I forgot he was pregnant. Oh. Yeah, anyway. It, like, kind of gives you a little startle. Yeah, anyway. But it's fine. So she was basically saying, like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, we have kids. Get your shit together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then at one point during this trip, he got a video of Bella. And she was singing about how he was the greatest dad. And, and Bella's wanna... the older one? Yeah, she's Kay. four years old at gotcha. this point. Um, and I want to show that video to you. Oh, so... no. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna cry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so hold on. I need to make sure my volume's up. Okay, here we go. If it it's will load. Not, you didn't play it. <laughs>
That so, I don't know how well you're going to be able to hear that, so if you can't really hear it and that was just, like, silence <laughs> for a while, I recommend you go look up that video because it just, like... That's really... His kids thought so highly of him. Well, it's upsetting, too, to, like, yeah. look at that little girl and then, like, realize... Because she was literally singing, my daddy is my hero, mm-hmm. he helps me grow up strong, and, like, yeah. saying all these amazing things about him. And what what you'll learn is that when he get, gets this video... He is not thinking about his family. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. So, Chris then flew out to meet them for the remainder of the trip in North Carolina on July 31st. Okay. So, he they had been out there for a couple of weeks, and then he eventually flew out to meet them. And the reason he gave for having stayed behind in the first place was that he had, like, work. Okay. Which, like, okay, but, like... Kind of reasonable, but also a little... A little, like, a little odd. wobbly. Yeah. There. So, during this trip, there was also tension between Chris's family and Shanann on top of the rising tension between the two of them. Okay, so a lot of stuff, a lot of going, stuff on. Is going on. Yeah. Throughout the trip, Shanann had also messaged friends telling them how uninvolved physically and romantically Chris had been with her. Mm. She had, in one text, she had told a friend, quote, He's never been like this. Five and a half fucking weeks, no sex, unless he was getting it somewhere else. Damn, okay. She's very out there. Yeah. In her texts with her friends <laughs> and... <laughs> they're wild girl boss <laughs> yes honestly okay so, so he was very like this not, wasn't normal he was distant like he was still there like for the kids and he was there in the sense that he wasn't absent but, but... he wasn't showing any affection towards mm-hmm. shanann yeah so shanann had had her suspicions following the trip that chris was having an affair okay so she had suspected this yeah um, so jumping back to the investigation, this was kind of like something I had to bring up before we get into the bulk of the investigation. Yeah. Police sat Chris down again and told him that he had failed the polygraph. And this is kind of when they tell him straight up, it was a little sketchy, but we just need you to tell us the truth. Yeah. He goes and swears up and down during this interview that he was telling the truth, but then the investigators blatantly told them that, told him that they knew he was lying. So they were like, Hey, no, I need you to tell me the truth. Yeah. We know that's not the whole truth. Tell us straight up what happened. Yeah. Like, just stop fucking around. Yes, exactly. They ask him again to tell a series of events, and he swears again that he told the truth. So he's not giving anything up. Mm-hmm. Then, please bring in a new face for an interview. This Ooh. person is Nicole Kessinger. Kess- Kessinger. There we go. There you go. Took me a second there. <laughs> so, Nicole opens her interview saying... He has no idea that I'm talking to you guys. No one does. So you know shit is about to go down. When someone comes to the police and, like, they're, they're like, supposed to. They're like, hey, oh, no shit. one knows that I'm here. Oh, but shit. I want to tell you something. Oh, shit. They're, yeah. That's where the most valuable tips come from. Literally. That's where the most, that's, that's, that's where the shit is. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so during her interview, you learned that Nicole met Chris through work. So this was someone, like, his co-worker. Okay. He had told Nicole that he had two kids and was in the process of a divorce. Which, which is, is a lie. Because he was talking about a separation, which is different from a divorce. Yeah. So, there was no, like, paperwork filed for a divorce at any point. Well, because even, they weren't even, like, you can be legally separated and not divorced, but, like, they weren't even legally separated yet. No. So, they, like, they were a couple steps away from that. Yeah. So, they were still together and by all accounts no one knew that they were even thinking about a divorce yeah it was like behind closed doors so he was just lying to this girl okay um the this led detectives to ask if their relation had developed past friendship and she responded to this yes 
oh, okay. So, so she, right out there. Yeah, she's <laughs> right out the she's gate. She's telling the truth, and I'm actually like, like obviously, it's like hard to see someone in a good light. When, Don't go sleep with a man who's married, but, like... But, like, she did the thank right thing. Thank you for coming forward, yeah. Yeah, she did the right thing, and she's actually, like, super helpful when it comes to this case. Yeah, okay. So, Chris began seeing Nicole in June of 2018, two months out from the disappearance of Shanann and her kids. So, okay. Two months before. Got yes. it. Data from Nicole's phone showed that just a couple months after dating, she was looking at wedding dresses. Oh, shit. Yeah. This was on August 4th. Only a week or so before the disappearance of Shanann. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is getting... It gets a little spicy. A little bit, yeah. So, she was truthful about their entire relationship and expressed her concern about Shanann and the kids and was like, I really didn't know that they weren't getting a divorce and it really concerns me that they're missing. Well, yeah, because, like, if she was also lied to, like, it's not yeah. completely her fault. It's not completely her fault at all. Because, like... You know, like, he was technically still married, so, like, shaky ground there, ma'am, but, like, but, like it really, it's a lot more excusable. You'll also see that Chris is he a has, fucking asshole liar. He's a walking red flag. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm just saying that this can be a little more, like, you know, After okay, police confronted him with the fact that Nicole had told them about the affair, he finally admitted to the affair in his interview as well. Okay. Even before he was like, that's something I'd never do. Yeah. Okay. So which, he says, No. no. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I hurt her emotionally, and I'm not proud of it. Fuck off. Hello? Fuck off. <laughs> you can be quiet now, sir. No, literally, it's like, he was like, no, I would never do that, actually. I actually, I did, but, like, it really pained me inside. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, shut the like, fuck up. <laughs> shut up, dude. So, and this is why... This part makes me so mad, and this Uh-oh. is a bigger reason as to why I say fuck off. Uh-oh. So, remember when his family was in North Carolina with his family? Yes. Guess where he was? With her. With Nicole. I fucking knew that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I guessed that from the beginning. And get this. The day before he left to go join his family in North Carolina, so July 30th, mm-hmm. he left Nicole a love note. <laughs> this the note, the note is so cringy, too. Oh, God. No, it's I don't so want to bad. do this. I'm done. <laughs> the note said, a kiss, a touch, a smile, a squeeze, Ugh! a look, a laugh, a tickle, a tease. No! <laughs> Got that on a Hallmark card, did you, bud? Literally. <laughs> Sesame Street? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that, sir? <laughs> the fact that you just compared it to a Hallmark <laughs> Okay. You aren't wrong, though. It's really bad. It's like, if you're gonna leave a love note to your affair... <laughs> Oh, to, <laughs> to your mistress. To what their, it's called. I couldn't think of the word. Clearly. So. Don't use a fucking Sesame Street rhyme. Literally. Okay? Please stop. Chris, <laughs> you can shut up. Go away. Yeah. So he still continued with the story that he had nothing to do with their disappearance. Okay. And he says he also doesn't have the most clear way of speaking because the next quote that he says is, I failed it because too much emotions. <laughs> what? I failed it because too much emotion. It or at? I failed. I failed it because too much emotion. Yeah. Vibes. <laughs> Mood. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I mean, He's like clearly not. Yeah. Love or loving. He like I could see how someone <laughs> could fail emo- fail a polygraph because of emotions. 
But with everything else, it's like, you ain't looking too good, Chris. Well, if you lie about, like, if you lie about other things before, like, you're not setting a good precedent for yourself to be an honest person that yeah, they trust. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's gonna, you gotta, like, why would you lie if you have nothing to hide? Exactly. Ooh. I just looked at my document, and I have 13 pages. <laughs> this might be a long one. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so then here comes his, quote, confession. Oh, God. Oh, God. Confession. In quotation marks. In quotation marks. <laughs> this is not the real story at all. Okay. So take it with a grain of salt. So then Chris's father is brought in to talk to him, because he's like, I'll only talk to my dad. That's weird. Okay. It's a little odd, but... Whatever. Okay. So then Chris told his dad, I don't want to protect her. And what? then he told his dad that Shanann hurt the kids after their conversation. What? So he, this, this man, what pair of fucking balls gave him the audacity? You just fucking like, yeah, my wife, lol. She was yeah. bad. He basically told his dad that Shanann smothered them until the girls turned blue. Oh, shit. And that then he killed Shanann out of rage for the kids. That's fucking crazy to say that. Mm-hmm. That's really... It's fucked up. Yeah. Because, like, think? it's obviously untrue. Well, yeah. So... That's so... It's wild. And he just said it to his dad. Why would he say that to his dad? I don't know. That's really weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, while this was happening, the police continued the search for evidence where they towed a truck that was parked a few houses down. Okay. Um, going back to Chris's interview, he then told police the locations of the body, saying, they're at the first location I went to that day. He Did, did he say the first, did he say first location? Yeah. Or did he say, like, first what? location? Okay. Because this truck, I believe that the truck that they had towed was the one he had driven, and it, okay. like, showed on GPS where he had gone. Was it registered to him? Yeah. Was it his truck? It was. Oh, okay. Um, so then, after this, he claimed to be scared, which is why he hid the bodies. Which okay. makes no sense to me, because if you had just killed your wife out of rage for your kid's death, why would you hide your kid's bodies? Yeah, that's odd. Because, like, you didn't kill them, apparently, according to according you. According to you, you didn't kill them. So why would... Why wouldn't you just make, like, if you didn't want to go down for it, why wouldn't you just make Shanann disappear and then call the police on her and say that she ran away or something? I mean, yeah. Yeah, so that, to me, was a little odd. During this interview, he was sobbing, but, like, I watched this interview because it was in the documentary, and it felt highly forced. Okay, so like, not It's like when realistic. you see acting that's, like, on the cusp of being realistic, and it's really not. He's kind of like... And I just, like, I was so scared. And like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, okay, Chris. So then he confirmed the location to be Survey 319, okay. which is a, scent of, a set of oil tanks in an open field. Okay. So it's like this really open area kind of in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, mm -hmm. and it has these two or three big water tank or oil tanks. Oil tanks? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so... He claims over and over that I did not hurt those kids, but you'll see where they're found, and it's like, why would you hide them there if you didn't do anything to them? Okay. So, so we have, for the first time in forever, some good police work, because Yay! they did not believe his bullshit. Yay! Yeah! Finally, guys! Yeah, so they were like, 
nah, that, mm, no. Nope. <laughs> They're like, wrong about that. <laughs> Seems a little fishy. I don't know about that. <laughs> Three strikes and you're out. Sorry, yeah. That wasn't very good. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something to say. <laughs> I saw you, the wheels turned and they did not turn full enough. Like, enough time. Wheels stopped halfway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So now before we get into discovery of the bodies and like cause of death and stuff, I want to talk about the days leading up to the murders. So okay. three days before, yes, backtracking. So three days before this, on August tenth, Shanann went to Arizona. Ooh, I just skipped. Where did it go? <laughs> oh no, we done lost it. Okay, I found it. Okay, we're good. So she had gone to Arizona for her business trip, and kids watched the kid. What? <laughs> kids watched the kid. <laughs> Chris, Chris watched the kids over okay. the days she was gone. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Was this the business trip? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So Shanann sent Chris a letter asking to work through their issues and telling him how much she misses him and how he used to interact with the kids. Like a physical letter? Like a physical no. letter. Okay. Which is like, okay, it's like maybe it, a little more just, meaningful. That's interesting just because like, you know, we'd seen before text. in like texts yeah. and stuff. And like... So she had never gave any indication of anything being wrong between her and the kids. She was just saying that she misses how he used to interact with the kids because he's okay. becoming increasingly distant from his kids as well yeah and the way he interacted with them so something not included in the documentary for this case is um something that the neighbors reported mm-hmm. and so multiple neighbors reported hearing them screaming fighting in the weeks leading up to the murders okay so very not yeah they were not doing and good. it's like i can see why maybe it wasn't included in the documentary just due to the fact that screaming fighting can look different for each person based on their background mm-hmm so, like, if you grew up in a home where your parents never raised their voices with each other ever, yeah. obviously, if you hear something next door, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. But if you grow up in a home where that's regular, that would be just, like, a typical Tuesday night. Yeah, And exactly. you wouldn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there were neighbors reporting it showed that it was intense enough that it was... It was being, concerning. Yeah, it was a little concerning. One neighbor stated that their fights would go from full-blown fights to hugs in less than a minute. It was incredible. What? That's weird. Yes. That's really weird. So many of, like, the... Fucking mood change like that. Yeah, so many of, like, Chris's red flags, like, in his personal character were not highlighted in the documentary, but from statements from family, friends, and neighbors, it was clear that Chris was highly manipulative. Shit was going on with him. Yeah. Yeah, so he was, like, he would, like, they'd be screaming, fighting, and he'd be like, no, but I love you, but I love you, I'd never do anything to hurt you. That's fucking gaslighting and manipulating. (laughs) So he was not... Not a good dude. No, yeah. And from the beginning, a lot of, like, people who surrounded, um, Shanann didn't really like him for her. Okay. But she was so happy that they were, like, well, maybe we're just kind of judging him wrong. Yeah, like, we'll we'll support her because she's happy. Exactly. exactly. Um, so even Nicole, the mistress, mm-hmm. said that, like, he lies so much. Now I go back and think of all this shit and I'm like, it's lies. Oh, okay. So even she knew that he was, like, just fucking awful. Yeah. So even she was like, no, he never, I don't remember him having told the truth, like, ever. Oh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's like, good oh, base, good. good base to start that relationship on. Yeah. Healthy foundation right there. So that was kind of, like, the background that led up to the murders. Yeah. Of Shanann and her kids. So then on August 16th, 2018, upon searching the area of Survey 319, they found a buried body, which appeared to be that of Shanann. Okay. Um, it buried? was all... Yes, buried. So, like, 
the area, hold on, let me actually pull up a photo of it because it will make a lot more sense when I'm talking about it if I show you. And we can also post it. Yeah. Um, but. Again, go follow our Instagram, guys. This is the area of Survey 319, so it's, there's, like, a lot of dirt around it. These are the two oil tanks. Okay. And here's an aerial view of it. There's just, like, a lot of open area. Yeah. So, in kind of the areas surrounding the water tanks, there was, like, a mound of dirt where they found Shanann. Okay. So, um, it was also found that their soon-to-be child was expelled post-mortem and was also deceased. Expelled? So, the fetus had, because, like, when you die, like, all of the muscles in your body relaxes. Yeah. The fetus had, like... Oh, okay. So, she essentially miscarried but after yeah, she was dead. Exactly. Okay. Because, That's um... That's fucked up. Yeah, because it's a medical fact that fetuses can survive, like, so many minutes after a woman has died, but after a certain time, like... Well, they're yeah, because, I mean, your, your body, like, cools down after you yeah. die. Like, it's not immediate, like, you know, your heart's beating and, like, all this stuff and your blood's flowing and then all of a sudden it's, like, completely still. Yeah. Like, stuff still happens after, but... So this was found and that just kind of, like... Yeah, it's fucked sad. up. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Bella and Celeste's bodies were found shortly after when searching the water tanks. So Cece was found in one and Bella was in the other. Okay. So they were in two separate water tanks, not together, which is... A little odd. Yeah. It was found that both girls were... Well, just were... that he, like, took enough effort yeah. to, like... Well, he, like... Even though the two girls were both found in the oil tanks, like... He... Separate oil tanks and then also burying Shanann. Like, it's, yeah. like, three separate ways. Also, when you hear... Because there's a point where you get the full story of what actually happened that night. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that there are so many times when he could have said, No, I'm not gonna do this. And stopped. And nope. But no. So, it was found that both girls were already dead when they were put into the tanks, which, like, it's good because, like, they didn't have to suffer, have to suffer that, like, drowning in oil. That would, that would, horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still sad because, like, how awful do you have to be to see these two young, dead children, children and put them into an oil tank and just forget about them? Yeah, like, still fucked up. Just still very glad that they didn't up. have to suffer that, yeah. Exactly. So, then I found the autopsy reports for this case, which were really interesting to read because they went more in-depth into what happened. Exactly, yeah. Um, but Shanann's cause of death, according to her autopsy report, is asphyxiation due to manual strangulation, and that then the manner of death was homicide. Okay. So, so they knew that someone fucking killed her. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, that happened. That happened, for sure. So, it... Manual strangulation means that it wasn't done with, like, a cord or she wasn't, like, suffocated. It means that he choked her with her, his with, hands. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it means that if it was true that Chris did it, the man she had previously stated to be the perfect man, he's the one who killed her. Mm. Which is really, really, like, it's just fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because she had gone into this marriage incredibly happy to mm. be with him and, yeah. like, wanted to start a life with him exactly and they did and they did and then this is the outcome and Mm -hmm. it's just it's sad so then their girls is death causes of death there we go there you go not a word were as follows so bella who was only four at the time her cause of death was asphyxiation due to smothering and then again the manner of death was ruled as homicide So so she was smothered yes interesting okay so in the autopsy report, it obviously doesn't say with what, but there, there's, like, different indicators that happen when you're, like, manually strangled well, or strangled yeah. by a cord as opposed to smothered. Well, yeah. 
Um, and even more heart-wrenching, the autopsy report details that she was found wearing a pink pajama top with images of hearts and butterflies. She was a child. Poor baby. Like, that's the type of pajamas that you would have worn when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and also the autopsy report, I kind of cut out a word here, but she was wearing an oil drenched. So she was sitting in this oil tank and it had just... I'm sure, yeah. And there were, in both Cece and Bella's stomachs, there were, like, contents of oil because, like, the oil had seeped into their bodies as they decomposed, which is really, like, ugh. How long were they in there for? Um, they went missing on the 13th, and you'll find out that they died, like, early morning 13th or night of the 12th. Well, like, how long until they were discovered, I mean? It was only, like, three days, so there wasn't too much decomposition, which was really good when it came to the case, Mm -hmm. because they were able to pull a lot of information from their bodies before it was, like, discarded of by the oil, which is good. Mm -hmm. So, Celeste, who was only three, like, four is bad enough, but this... I'm trying so hard to, like, mentally just not think about it, because, like, that's so rough. So, she was found to have the same cause of her death as her sister. Mm-hmm. asphyxiation due to smothering, and then, again, the manner of death being homicide. Okay. So, he is consistent with that, at least. Yeah, but you're gonna... I, mm, you're gonna see that, like, it was slightly different for each girl. Like, he did it in the same way. But... But... <sighs> that I mean, part, I don't like. Okay. Ugh. Ugh, I'll talk scared. about it later. But if the pink pit... <laughs> if the pimp <laughs> I just struggled so hard. I could tell. If the pink pajamas weren't bad enough, little Celeste was found in a diaper because she was a child who was not even old enough to be fully potty trained. That's sad. That's, I'm trying to yeah. just like mentally block it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so sad. It's very sad. And it's like, how could you have kids that young and just like dump them in an oil tank? Like, no. No. It's inhuman. Yeah. So, then again, I'm gonna ask, my question is how, if you really cared for your kids and didn't do anything to harm them, Yeah, how did you let them sit in containers of oil and decompose? Well, because, like, even the fact that the wife was buried, like, Uh you know, like, funerals happen, obviously, and, like, you know, it's kind of like people want proper funerals, like, for their loved ones, so they, like, bury them. Like, that's almost a a sign of respect. I'm like, again, not saying that he... Is a good is person. Is a good dude, but, like, he showed It's, like, kinda, a sign of remorse. Yeah, like, there is signs that you can tell how someone felt about a murder. Yeah. Like, he just dumped his kids in oil tanks. That's exactly. not That's not fucking compassion. You just stole, like, all my next notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, like... <laughs> like, if you cared about your kids and killed your wife because she hurt them, why would you do... Why would you treat her with more respect in your method of disposal than your children that you supposedly fought for? Literally, my next two points <laughs> on the document were, if Chris Watts had truly cared for them, why would he not want to properly bury them? Especially ah. if his claim that Shanann had killed them was true. Yep. <laughs> you literally <laughs> reading my mind. Same mind. Same thoughts. I know, I know. All right. So then, <laughs> following this, they collected a lot of DNA from specifically the two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and on August twenty first, two thousand eighteen, only a few days after the recovery of the bodies, authorities tar- charged Chris Watts with three counts of first degree mor- murder. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Mordor. Three counts of first degree murder. There we go. They got him in the first degree. That's a good thing. Plus two additional charges due to the fact that his children were not even 12. Damn. Okay. So they were basically like 
this is a crime against a child who wasn't even yet, like, 12, so yeah. that's, like, an extra charge right there. Well, because, like, 12 is kind of, like, you know, like... It's I've... still bad, <laughs> but it's, like... They're older. Yes. Like, they're a teenager at that point, so it's, like, not excusable at all. No, definitely not. But, like, but, like it's, they're like, older. different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, he was also possibly facing a charge of, um, unlawful ter- termination of a pregnancy due to the fact that Shanann was pregnant at the time of her death. Okay. So it's like in Colorado there's a law basically saying like if it's because obviously abortion in Colorado is legal Mm -hmm. and so like that would be fine but like if someone is attacked and their baby dies due to that. That's different. That's unlawful termination of a pregnancy. Well yeah because I mean like he didn't give her an abortion he fucking killed a like that's yeah. Not the so same that's thing. why he was possibly facing that charge as well. That's interesting. I didn't know you could. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I love the police work here because they saw straight through his bullshit and charged him. <laughs> they were like, They're "Oh like, no, we fucking know you killed those kids. You're Go to jail." Such a liar. <laughs> you're such a liar. Yeah. They were like, "Nah, though. Not having it. No." So um, this part okay. makes me sad because. Uh-oh. This is only, like, when he was charged was only a week after he had gone on live TV and pleaded for the safe return of his family. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No. What? Okay. That also makes no sense because yes. of the technical quote-unquote truth is that your wife killed your children. Why would you go and pretend that you still don't know where they are? Exactly. Even though you discarded of all of their bodies. Like, if you're like, hmm... Guess there's someone who took them, or, you know, Shanann's just out there still, like... Yeah. Come back, lol. Like, no. No. Like, obviously he's lying. Literally no. (laughs) Everything up to this point, like, just proves that he's lying. He's not setting himself up well. No, he is not. Because you basically went on TV and was like, I... Shanann, if you're listening, like, I just want you to come home. And, like... Bitch, If someone out there has them, like, I just want them home to me safely. That's, like, a whole nother level of fucked up. It really is. Like... It's you like, know that they're dead. Yeah. Because you fucking did it. Like, that's all the so... while, he knew where they were and, like, what he had done to them. That's... Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. So, upon appearing the first time in court, Shanann's brother testified and said that she would never do anything to harm her children and that she loved those kids more than anything in the world. Yeah. So he's basically like, this man's a fucking liar. Well, because, like, in some cases, like, you know... It can happen. When you're close to, like... Some uh, one of the parents, like, you can tell, like, their relationship with the kids was a little interesting, but, like, there are people that you know would never hurt their children. Especially if you're, like, really close to that person and not just, like, looking in from the outside. Well, yeah, exactly, because we can, uh, specifically through this case, how appearances can very easily just be, like, put up and inside of not exactly what's happening, so, like... The fact that her brother went up and testified is huge. Yeah. Um, this was also when Chris learned that he was facing life in prison and the possibility of the death penalty. Oh, damn. Okay. So they were like, rot. Hey, bitch. <laughs> you done did wrong. <laughs> yeah. They were like, nah, though. You ain't getting out. Nope. So he was kind of like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, death he, penalty? Oh, he fucking, fuck. he realized like, okay, that's not good, guys. Yeah. So now before I get into the court hearing and like, when we actually learn the full story, I want to talk quickly about the online media circus that happened during this case. What year was this in, by the way? This was in 2018. Oh. It oh, was Okay. So, very social media. Yeah. Pregnant. Okay, that makes so sense. So, she was on like, Facebook, but then it was all over the media elsewhere, too. Yeah. 
So due to her rather public Facebook, many people were looking at this case and examining every post and interaction that Shannon and Chris had with the kids and with each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, like... Which is common when it comes to cases that are very, like, publicized. Like, even in Gabby Petito, like, we went to her Instagram page and, like, looked yeah. at some of the posts and, like, used those evidence. But many yeah. people were very public about it and they were very, very disrespectful. <sighs> Which I fucking hate Sucks. People. Yeah. So, some of the statements shared in the documentary, like, that they gave from people who were looking at this case were so fucked up. Yeah. Like, they were sitting there and looking at every detail of this family's life, and they were commenting on the kind of mother that Shanann was. Bitch, no. And they were, like, I already doing know this headed. publicly, where her grieving family probably saw posts of people online, like, there were people calling her a narcissist. And that she was the, Dude. like, she was the problem in this relationship. Oh, my God. One person said, quote, I think she drove him to lose his shit. Uh, uh, no. And, and then followed this by saying, because this other person was, like, it was a conversation between two people that was shared in a documentary. This person goes, I think she drove him to lose his shit. The other person goes, like, no. Like, what are you doing? Victim blaming? And she goes, she was a bitch. Uh, are you kidding me right now? No. Whoa, dude. Mm-hmm. So, like, how cruel do you have to be to say that like, about that someone who's just murdered? That woman got fucking murdered and you're gonna go on her facebook that she's like that's so yeah Mm -mm. there were people saying like she was a bad mother she was a problem in this relationship no yeah and there were even people who like believed chris's innocence and went as far as to attack shanann's family that happens because like again using the gabby petito case because that was very publicized i was very like you know monitor or like watching a lot of that yeah like people would tweet out like you know like, in support of Brian Laundry with, like, the fist emoji. Like, yeah. that's... It's fucked up. But, like, no. this was included in like, a news report. he's not fucking missing. She is. Literally. He's not fucking dead. She is. Like, there's... It di- was... Difference mm, there. No, because, um, it was so bad that it was included in a new... A Denver news report because obviously this happened in Colorado, mm-hmm. but um they went as far to attack Shannon's family and on an interview with this Denver news station, sta- <laughs> Denver news station, Shannon's father Frank had said that his daughter and grandchildren have been ridiculed, demeaned, slandered, and mocked in the most vicious ways you can imagine. Yeah, that's fucked up. And the fact that he has to say that. Mm-hmm. And there's this one clip of him during an interview which just like broke me. Aww. It's in the documentary, and he looks straight into the camera because he had been like reading off this paper where he's talking about how like they're being slandered and demeaned. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he like pauses and he looks up at this camera and he goes, Please just stop. Get on with your lives. Leave ours alone. Oh, damn. And it's like, I don't get how people can sit there and just like attack a Think family. That's okay, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, this type of shit is what makes me loathe the internet when it comes to true crime. Yeah. Like, in some cases, it can be, like... Super helpful. Amazing. And, exactly. Like, find clues, but, like... It can help investigations. Yeah, and it can, like, spread awareness to issues within police investigations. And, exactly. Like, call people out on their shit. But, or, like, like, find new witnesses. Like, you know, yeah. like... Wow, I saw that guy walking the street the other day. Like, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, exactly. That's helpful. It's helpful. Fucking call... Like, no. But when it comes to, like, grieving families... Stay away. Mm-hmm. Like, do not, like, slander victims and publicly worship, idolize, and support their killers. Like, we were talking about it the other day with, like, yeah. 
major serial killers like Ted Bundy and like there's fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Fan fiction about them, which yeah. is ridiculous. Like, could you imagine being a family member who had just like lost a loved one to one of these people and watching people being like, "I want them to do that to me." Like that's so. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like that's don't do fucking that. Fucking crazy. No, it's not okay. So it's like, <sighs> I just wanted to highlight that because in this case, it it made me like so upset mm-hmm. like don't do that yeah please stop it's no no Mm-mm. we're yeah. done that's it guys yes nope <laughs> so then on november 6 2018 three months after the murders chris watts is put on trial where he pleads guilty to all of his charges oh okay so yeah. he didn't even he ain't he just left it all behind now he's like yes. well so he was charged with nine counts which are as followed so murder in the first degree when it comes to shanann bella and celeste okay Unlawful termination of a pregnancy as it relates to Nico Watts, which is what they were going to name their unborn child. They had Ooh. a name picked out. Fuck, that's... Mm. hmm And three counts of tampering with a deceased body. Okay. So, yeah. he got a lot going for him there. Yeah, so he was, like, had a lot of charges stacked against him, but as a result of him pleading guilty, he didn't end up facing the death penalty. So he basically heard that he might get the death penalty, went, ah, oh, shit. And was like, oh. Well, guess what? Well, guys, I guess I did it. <laughs> LOL. Oh my gosh. This, and also in court, like, if you were upset over what you had done, you would think that in court you would be, like, showing some type of visible emotion. Yeah. But, like, in court, he was just, like, stoic. That stoic. always freaks me out. Uh-huh. Like, when people, like, just don't give a sh- Like, it's so. It's so bad. Mm-mm. So then... Well, because, like, even the psychotic people yeah. are, like, you know, like, they'll do fucked up shit, like, laugh or, like, smile and stuff. But when you're just, like, looking at a wall and not really doing anything while you're being, like... Mm-hmm. Fucking tried for the murder of your family? Like, like it's... Hey! No. Because, like, if you felt remorse about it, you know, you'd be showing yeah. signs of remorse. If you were fucking psychotic, you'd be laughing and smiling about it, but it was, like, nothing? Nothing is me out. creepy as yeah. hell. So... Then on November 19th, after, like, the proceedings of the trial, Chris Watts was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole, as well as an additional 48 years for unlawful termination of a pregnancy and 36 years for the disposal of his family's bodies. And to that, I say, rot, motherfucker! Rot! Yes. Yeah. Thank you for actually convicting this guy. Yeah. No, (laughs) literally. Like, thank you. Um, actually got it done. Yeah, and he got, like, a ton of time, too. Like, he's not getting out. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, it's... without possibility of parole, there are some cases that freak me out because there is possibility of parole, and no, it's, that like, scares you can't... Me. I'm like, nope, 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 Like, possibility of parole, for those of you who don't it know what it means... It changes the game. It does, because it means that someone who's, like, a literal convicted murderer mm-hmm. can go up and be like, well, I've been a good person... So, can I have mon- like, I'm gonna get out of prison and go live in the world with just, like, a few rules and people looking after me, but I can kind of go do whatever the fuck yeah, I want. Yeah, because parole is just, like, basically being reintroduced into society, into s- but, yep. like, you know, like, still with mon- like, monitoring, but, like, shit like that happens where people can get out of prison and, like, then fucking do all the same shit that they did before. Well, because, like, even <laughs> if you're all out on parole and you have restrictions that, like, say, like, Obviously, you can't be out between this time and this time, or, like, you can't do this shit. Yeah. Like, people can still do that shit. They can still break their parole. Yeah. Like, and they'll like, find ways. Yeah, exactly. And so, it's, like, the fact that he got this without possibility of parole means that we are, like, 
Good. Good. We're he's good. not getting out. He's he's standing there. Yeah, I like lost my train of thought because like the <laughs> notification that we're running out of time popped up, and now I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Because we still have the entire actual story to go through, and that's like two pages in and of itself. That's fine. We got it. It's okay. We'll just start another clip. So if there's anyway. a random like pause, don't be alarmed. <laughs> um. So, the judge who sentenced Chris, Judge Marshall Kopkow, said about this. <laughs> I know the Marshall. last name. The last name catches you off guard. Anyway. But he, I love this judge. He goes, he said about this case, perhaps the most inhumane and vicious crime I have handled out of the thousands of cases I've seen. Damn. So okay. he's saying, this guy, no. Not it. <laughs> so then on December 3rd, he was transferred to Dodge Correctional Facility in Wisconsin due to safety concerns. Okay. So I think it's largely due to the fact that he is a child murderer yeah. and they don't do well in prison mm-hmm. don't know if you know that but they don't they don't fare well <laughs> they should not be treated well so well. there were safety concerns with the correctional facility he was at in colorado so he was moved and this is where he's going to serve the rest of his time mm-hmm. on the same day that chris was sentenced shanann's family also filed a wrongful death suit against chris so okay. they were like getting monetary yeah like funding out of this yeah because of the shit that he had done to their family right as is fair. As yeah. is fair. So then later on November 18th, 2019, so like a day shy of a year later, mm-hmm. Chris is ordered to pay Shanann's families $6 million. Holy shit. According to the judge, this is $3 million for each death and $3 million for emotional pain. Damn. So not only did he get life in prison, but he also had to pay $6 million. As you fucking should. Yes. And I... <laughs> Justice. Yes, love that. So then, um, after Chris was moved to the correctional facility in Wisconsin, investiga- <laughs> investigators traveled to sit down with Chris for one last interview where they would get the full real story. And um, well, we have like three minutes left on this clip, so we're going to stop it real quick and be right back. Okay, anyway, so, continuing. There was like a whole like intermission between that that you guys aren't going to get to hear. So we're in a completely, like, different mindset right now <laughs> okay. than when we left. But, so, again, I'm gonna restate just to refresh you. You guys are gonna, this is gonna sound repetitive, but whatever. So, after Chris was moved to the correctional facility in Wisconsin, investigators traveled to sit down with Chris for one last interview where they would get the full, real story. Yes. On February 18th, 2019, Chris gave his account of what actually happened the night of the horrendous murders of the Watts family. Oh, Okay. And this is regarded to be the truth. This is, yes, this is what happened. So, he told the investigators that Shanann had arrived... mm, (laughs) Try again. Had arrived home around 2 a.m. and that they had had sex shortly after her return home. Okay. So, she got home and they were like, mm, damn. Even though she had talked about how that wasn't really happening for a while before. It's, like, interesting. Okay. But... Moving on. Then, after this, they got into an argument about Chris's unfaithfulness, where Shanann had said that he would never see the kids again. Oh, So, this is the, quote, emotional conversation he had been talking about. Okay. And she kind of, like, got really heated and was like, you're never gonna see the kids again. Like, mark my words. Like, I'm taking them from you. Like, why the hell would you do that? Mm Mm-hmm. So, then she- he tried to, like, touch her and probably did, like, the- manipulative gaslighting shit that he likes to do so he was you trying know. to be like no no i love you though shut yeah. up shut so up so she told him to get off of her and this is when chris decided to strangle his wife to death oh so he really just yeah went he okay. went in his own words like because 
in the documentary, he gives his account of what happens, and it's, like, the actual clip of him during this interview. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of paraphrasing things, but throughout, I'm going to put in quotes that Chris, like, said during the interview. Yeah. So in his own words, she told me to get off of her, and then I put my hands around her. He then followed this by saying, um, I don't even want to say I felt like I had to. I felt it was already something in my mind that was implanted. I was going to do it when I woke up that morning. It was going to happen. I had no control over it. Why couldn't I just let go? You tell me, Chris. Dude, you tell me. That, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he just... is basically saying oh that it was God. premeditated. Yeah, well, that's kind of an admission of premeditation. Yeah. he was like, I was going to do it that morning anyway. He was like, I was going to kill her regardless. It, like, it was going to happen. I just, like, I don't understand why I couldn't have just let go. Like, bitch, no. <laughs> like, no, you chose to do it. You had some, there were, like, because manually strangling a person... It takes a while, too. It takes a and while, strength. and strength. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something that you can just sit there and kind of, like, eh. Do. And be like, like oops, you, I killed a person. You gotta you got try. You have to try. And there's a part in the interview where he talked about how she was flipped over on the bed because, like, she was kind of struggling with him. Mm-hmm. But, well, so. Well, it's the same, like, with stabbing. Like, yeah. You re- like, it's, in victims have been stabbed a ton, like, it takes a, a, a lot of effort yeah. to, like, just keep going at it, like. Because it's essentially, like, punching, yeah. almost, you know? And, like, you know, and you like, keep, like people box as a workout. I mean, so, like, it takes strength, and, like, you have to keep going. Exactly. And, like, you, you don't just, like, oops. Oops, I strangled my wife. Oh, no. Well, that's why, like, in, like, situations where, like, like guns are involved, yeah. where it's, like, someone's shot to death. It's That's different, different, because, like, well, also in those terms, like, guns can go off accidentally, yeah. and, like, Guns can accidentally kill someone. You don't you accidentally, accidentally manually strangle, strangle someone. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It, like, takes time. It takes effort. And it's, like, there were so many opportunities. Like, even when she stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you strangle someone, they don't die immediately. Yeah, like, you know, you can take the... Like, you have to keep strangling them in order for them to actually die. Mm-hmm. So, like, even when she was passed out, he could have let go and she could have lived. Well, because if his main object was to just, like, stop her, like, freaking out... And then she stopped fighting. Like, why would you not stop there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, Chris. Why didn't you let go? Why didn't you let go, You sir? tell me. Mm-hmm. Um. Then, so she had stopped fighting, but he was still probably, like, pinning her down. And this is when Bella walked in. Oh. And she walked in and she looked up at her dad and goes, what's wrong with mommy? Ooh. He gave her no response. That's weird. Mm-mm. So he, like, didn't, at least in the interview, he didn't say that he told her anything. Um, so then Chris wrapped Shanann in a sheet and carried her down to his truck. So while the kids are still, like... Alive. Okay. Yep. Then Chris, um, put Shanann on the floor of the backseat of his truck. So, like, when you're thinking about the backseat of a truck, like, the floorboard, he, like, laid her there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, come on, kids! And he put them in the backseat and buckled them. Why would he buckle? That's odd. Yeah, so, like, they were sitting next to each other in the backseat, and their mom was on the floorboard in front of them. Well, yeah, that's fucked up, too, but I just think it's interesting, like, if... I mean, because at this point, since Bella had seen, like... But she's also not old enough to understand. Yeah, but, like, you know, if you interview a kid about, like, where'd your mom go? Oh, I saw dad put her in a sheet. Like, yeah, they're... Like, I understand why he, like, felt the need, so at this point, it was... I assume probably premeditated yep. to also kill the kids. It was but very like, premeditated. So why did he buckle them? Like that's weird. Yes. It's like, so weird to me. If, if that's the if goal, that's the motive, like why, why would you keep do something to keep them safe? Yeah. Yeah. 
So they were in this truck with their dead mother in front of Like, she was on the floorboard in front of them, and they mm-hmm. knew it was their mom. And so they asked, is mommy okay? Mm. And Chris looked at them and goes, she'll be fine. No, sir. <laughs> Can't do that, sir. Stop. No. How? Like, if you felt any remorse. Sit there with your children sitting by your dead wife, who's yeah. their mother of your children. And you're like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. No, because no. also during this interview, he was like, he was like kind of talking like this, and like, and like oh, shut I'm up. like, please, Chris, shut up. Like, if you, ha- there were so no. many times when he no, 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 stopped. No, 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 not done you any of it. Don't fake it, because exactly. like we know. No, and then he drove down to Serbia three nineteen, which is a forty five minute to an hour drive. Jesus Christ! So it's not like he drove five minutes and like killed them and then dumped the body. That was like it was. It was. There were so many times when you could have stopped, turned around. That's an hour to think about what you're doing and assess that, like, ayo, no, not a good, not a good choice. Like it's like it's so premeditated because Mm -hmm. there are so many times when he could have stopped. This wasn't like a five minute thing where he like shot his entire family. He just like hurriedly, like yeah, hurriedly killed them and disposed of them somewhere. Like this was a process. And it was also so personal, like strangulation and smothering. Mm Mm-hmm. That's different, because, like, a lot of, like, cause of deaths can tell you a lot about, like, the relationship. The nature of the crime, yeah. because, yeah. like, it's, again, going back to, like, the gun thing, like, it could, that's more likely to be accidental, but it's also less personal, because, you know, like, the bullet kills them, not yes, you. Like, exactly. It's, but, like, when you fucking put your hands around someone's neck and stop them breathing, that's, that's something personal. else. That's... Because you're also feeling their heart literally stop. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's, that's fucking different. crazy, too, because, like, psychotic people will, like, want that. that. They yeah. want that feeling. Yeah. So it's... it can either show, like, they want to feel something happen with, like, feel, like, the life leave the body, essentially, mm-hmm. or that they're, like, very emotionally connected. Exactly. So... He, like, again, he had so many times to decide not to end these two young, innocent lives. Mm-hmm. There were, it was, mm. So then he got to Survey 319, and he said, in the interview, he was like, Cece was first. That's... And I don't like nope. the way he phrased that. Nope. So he smothered Cece, and he told investigators that he put the blanket over her head and that she didn't struggle too much. Oh, poor thing. So she probably also didn't understand. Well, also what she was, was going three on. years old, exactly. And like you know, it's a child. Like That's you don't put a, much she, of a fight because they're like a baby. Like like no. she probably was just like it's like I could almost imagine that she thought it was a game of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then God, that was fucked up. Yeah. Um. So then Bella asked her dad, like her father, who she should be able to her, trust. Uh huh. Her father that she lived with and loved and the one she was saying about. Yeah, like, she was saying my dad's my hero. Yeah. She looked at him and goes, what happened to Cece? And I, this part, I hate this part. This is the part that fucked me up. Because he didn't answer her and then started to put the blanket over her head as well. Mm-hmm. And she goes, daddy, no. Aww, honey. So she was like, she was asking him not to do it. She well, was yeah, scared. Exactly. And she was looking at her dad and saying like, no, don't do this. Yeah. And in this interview, Chris is like, being like, I don't understand why I didn't just stop. And like, Bitch, you had so much and time. Like, and he's like, I regret it so much. And whenever I shut my eyes, I hear her crying shut out. And I'm like, as it. you should. Like, haunt his ass. <laughs> haunt his <laughs> ass. Do you really feel this regret about it? Like, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, good. Like, I want her ghost to haunt you to the end of your life. Mm-hmm. 
fuck that motherfucker. know you don't care, but, like, mm-hmm. if you did, I'm glad that you feel bad about it, you know? Yeah. No, this is the part that I was like, I can't. Yeah. When you like, said it, it gave me chills. I know. It's like, I don't get how, because I'm, t- um, this is actually a really good transition. No, never mind. That's later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but it's Thanks like, that. I don't understand how, like, if he cared about these kids, he could have heard them, like, pleading him to stop and, like, literally just kept going. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. So then he buries, I don't know in what order, he doesn't really say, or at least, like, just, we're not given that information, but he buried Shanann and he put the two kids in the water tank. Oil or water? Or oil, oil tank. <laughs> That's what I Sorry. <laughs> oil tank. And then he starts making a bunch of calls. To who? Oh, bitch, is it the mistress? Just wait. I saw, so, I saw. <laughs> then he followed this by calling, um, no. First, he calls the girl's school. Okay. Like, his daughter's school. And tells them that his girls were being unenrolled. What, what the fuck? So, that means not only was this premeditated, but he was trying as much as possible to make sure that they weren't reported missing. That's weird. Because, like, obviously if they didn't show up for school, school yeah. and they couldn't get a hold of Shanann, and, like, they called Chris. Stuff was gonna be happening. So, he immediately was like, oh, I gotta tell the school that they're not gonna be at school, because they're unenrolled. You could've just been, like... Well, I guess you kind of really said that they were sick. But it also, to me, seems like by him unenrolling them, he's planning to, like, make sure they're missing for long term. Yeah, like, it's not going to be something quick. Yeah. Cause, Which like, is so fucked Usually, like, up. they won't be at school today is more of, like, a quick mm-hmm. solution rather than, like, a, they're literally never coming to school again, you know? Yeah. So then he followed this by calling a realtor and to Bitch. start discussing selling his house. Oh, honey, no. Like, he was moving on. Already. Really quickly. Which tells me a lot about, like, how premeditated it mm-hmm. was. Because, like, you don't all of a sudden, like, just think of that on the fly. No. That's... It is really premeditated. And his entire motive behind this was, guess what? To run away with his new... Oh, my God! Relationship. Yeah. And to start a new life. Shut up. No. Literally. So, then, after he calls this realtor, Could he started... your own death if that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. He started texting with his girlfriend about their future. Did he tell her that something was, like... No, he was he just, just kind of like, texting oh her, like, we're gonna get married, and we're gonna have such a great life, Shut and, up. like... No. Like, right after he had killed his family. Oh, my God. I hate this He's man. Crazy-ass bitch. Literally, I hate this man. And then throughout this interview, when he was going through the events, he was obviously making himself out to be really emotional. Of course. And he was talking about his regret and how he had so many opportunities to stop and how he didn't understand why he didn't take them. And he talked, mm, just wait. <laughs> and he talked about how all he ever wanted was to be a father and to have kids who loved him. Are you fucking Then why did you fucking murder your children? Literally. Sir. I'm sitting there and I'm going, you had that. Sir. You had that and you're the one who fucked it up. Sir. You had no. like these daughters who adored you. Literally. Like you were their hero. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. You dumbass. Literally, I don't understand how sick he had to be to sit there and say that. Mm-hmm. Like he literally just told them, like, yeah, I choked the life out of my wife and then I like smothered my kids and put them in an oil. But I, but, like I wanted to be a father. Like, bitch, you were. Oh my like, god. Bitch, you were. It's okay. upsetting. It's... Uh, nope. Don't like. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's like, this is such a hard thing to stop talking about because it's like, it's wrapped up. He's in prison, but it's like, so like emotional. There's still a lot. There's still like a lot kind of sitting there. Was the girlfriend ever like arrested for shit or no? No, because she wasn't involved with I mean, she wasn't like an accomplice or anything. No. So she had no knowledge of like his actions. Yeah. And the fact that she came forward meant that she didn't end up. She wasn't like eating and abetting you. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't like holding back information, which Mm could have been a charge. Yeah. Um, but to kind of wrap up this entire chain of awful events, I think that the prosecution team put it perfectly during the trial. One of the prosecutors, um, said in front of the judge, quote, if he was this happy and wanted a new start, get a divorce. You don't annihilate your entire family and throw them away like garbage. Why did Nico, Celeste, Bella, and Shanann have to lose their lives in order for him to get what he wanted? Mm, yep. <laughs> like, bitch, you wanted to kill them. You didn't want. Yeah. No. Exactly. And so that's the case. Well, that was fun. From American Murder, the family next door. I said it right. Yes, there you there go. There we go. So that's like kind of that documentary. And I, okay, I remember watching that documentary about a year ago. And then Savannah, I think Savannah and I were sitting here talking about like what cases we were going to do next just to make sure we didn't like end up doing the same, same case. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, I'm doing that one. Yeah. See, like, I knew, like, primitive details about it, but not, like, a ton in depth. Yeah. I texted her before this and was like, I didn't think this one was going to be this heavy. And then it was. Because I, like, had said something about, like, there being an unborn child, and she was like, oh my god. I didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, whoops. It's fine. (laughs) Anyway. Do you want to see a photo of Chris? Not really. (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) Too bad. Ew. Fuck you. He's ugly. <laughs> He's so ugly. That's my thought, too. <laughs> I'm like, please go away. Ugly ass bitch. I would run away from him if I saw him in the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would sprint. Um, Some people have that look about them. Just... Yeah. He's nope. like, he kind of reminds me of an egg. <laughs> egg with glasses and beard. <laughs> and then this is um, a family photo. That they highlight a lot in the documentary. They do look real happy, don't they? I know. They look... And we'll post all these pictures, Insane. too, when this But there's up. this one photo that I want to show, kind of, like, to wrap it up. Obviously, you guys aren't seeing this. <laughs> anyway. But, like, yeah, I want to show it. Savannah. Um, but it's of Shanae we'll and too. her two kids, because I think that's just, like, I don't want to end it on him. More important. They're, yeah. They are more important than the douchebag that yeah. is him. Hold on, let me open the image in a new tab so he can't see his ugly <laughs> yeah, ass don't face. don't want to see his face again. Um, but we'll post the pictures, But these too. are their girls. Oh. Aren't they so cute? They're so They're cute. They're so precious. Oh. It's, it hurts. Yeah. And it's definitely a case that you can't really just kind of dismiss as a story. Yeah. Because it was very personal. But that was the case of... <sighs> well. Shanann Watts and her kids, Bella and Cece. Mm-hmm. And, um, the awful douchebag that was her husband. Yeah. Well, that was fun. In a way, I've kind of separated him from, from them. them. Like, yeah. he's not he's Part not their family anymore. Nope. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Also, the fact that he sat there while he was being accused and knew that, like, Shanann's family was going through shit when mm-hmm. it came to his innocence and he didn't do anything to try to, like, stop that. Yeah. He was a douchebag. He doesn't deserve shit. Mm-hmm. Remember Shanann and Bella and Cece for who they were. Don't say shit about Shanann. That is all. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. So thanks for listening. We'll be out with another 
episode soon. Soon. I don't want to say when because if I <laughs> we say don't know. when, we will fuck it up. We're trying to figure out a schedule. We, but, you know, we'll see. And I think it's gonna be a lot easier because speech and debate season's over. Yeah. And um, a lot of like just events we have are kind of coming to an end with the school year getting mm-hmm. closer to ending. But then again, yeah, we have like finals and stuff. Oh. God, I haven't thought about that yet. <laughs> anyway, know. so um, we'll see when we get that next one out. All right. But, all right. Bye, Thanks for everyone. Listening. Bye.